From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors, with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Good morning. Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Hour number two, the big and wild outdoors. Braden Gunn, Glenn Kimmon, Bill George, and uh, Knox over there behind the glass answering the phones. Uh, just give you a heads up. Jonathan is headed back up to Bluntstown up there in Florida, northern Florida. Going to check on all this stuff after That's Alberto went up that way. Alberto went up there and kind of messed up a bunch of stuff, so he's going up there to make sure camp is okay and Make sure feeders aren't toppled over and things are broken and all that kind of good stuff. So uh, he had to take the day off to load up and go up and get her done. And uh, Michael's standing by on the phone this morning. Good morning, Mike. What did we say that made you mad? Sorry. <laughs> no, not at all, man. Uh, everything's good. Hey, um, good morning, guys. Where are you guys broadcasting live from today? Uh, we're in the studio today. We're we're hanging oh, awesome. on. We're we're in the air conditioning today. It's muggy. It's muggy oh, outside. Wonderful. What a good job. Lucky off. Yeah, well, you know, right, it, it, well, Bill, um, Bill George gets a little chafy when it's, uh, you know, so we <laughs> want to keep him inside. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we move into the summer, guys, um, as you guys know, I'm back to work in the car business, and I'm back at uh, Courtesy Toyota Brandon. Oh, good and, for you, um, man. That's awesome. We are moving into summertime. It's not just summertime for us, for all of our Camry, Cola, RAV4s. But it's also truck and SUV time. So all of our talk Tacomas, our forerunner our uh forerunners and tundras are all big time sellers in, in these months and everything and we encourage everyone to come out and uh you know, we're under construction for a brand new showroom of over two hundred thousand square feet and we're gonna have the fastest Wi Fi, the fastest internet. And uh, we're gonna have we're gonna feature a Dunkin' Donuts in our new showroom. So wait a minute. So you got Dunkin' you got Dunkin' Donuts and uh, good and free Wi-Fi for everybody. So we're at lunch break. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> and, and it's gonna be. Um, They're not gonna sell one car. <laughs> should be open in December, and then the entire transformation. Well, it should be complete by summer of next year. That's nice. I got a quick question for you. Oh, wait. Bill George has got a question. This is important. Hold on. For people who don't know where where that dealership is, where is it? It's right over there. We're we're right here on Adamo, or what is also known as 60 and 301. Okay. Right across from several of our competitors. Just just (sighs) south of the fairgrounds. Yes, sir. Right Right there at the corner. On the left side, um, if you're coming down 301, and if you're coming down 60, it's on the right side as you head west. There you go. Well, now, Mike, i got to ask you, did you uh, put in for gator permits this year? Oh, you know, I absolutely, uh, it, it, it slipped my mind this year. What the, and how does that slip your mind? Forgot. I know, right? <laughs> you know, you started. You were job. thinking about all them Krispy Kreme donuts that exactly. was coming there, so Dun- you know. No, Dunkin', no, no. Dunkin donuts. <laughs> No, just, just, you got us being under construction and everything, and then having all the end of the month closeout we had last month, and we had some big numbers last month. So we are, um, we're we're really looking forward to this new dealership. It's going to give us 360 degrees of inventory, which is going to give us about 
have probably about seven or 800 new vehicles on the ground at any given time. And then we're looking to, between new and pre-owned, we're probably going to sell four to 500 cars a month every month. Hmm. Well, what you need to do also is you need to go talk to your boss about getting you a new phone. <laughs> because that one is like going way in and out. It's iPhone 7 Plus. I don't think that's. Well, do you have an earbud thing in there or something? What are you talking no, about, son? You're not Bluetooth in it. No, nothing like that. Okay. I'm on the phone. Okay. I think he's hiding in the closet somewhere. Is that where he is? Yeah, is the seven plus iPhone or uh, Samsung? Yeah. No, I'm just driving to work. Oh, you're in the car. Okay, yeah. so air conditioning yeah, and everything. Out. Wait, well, how, how can you be going to work? There's free donuts there, man. Quit talking to us and hurry up and get to work. <laughs> well, we'll talk to you again, but, uh, man. I thank you for the phone call this morning, man. We'll talk again no soon, problem, all right? Man, I appreciate you guys um, giving me the chance and the opportunity to do everything. And, um, we should uh, look forward to seeing you guys hopefully this weekend. Maybe, yes. Or, yeah, you know, swing by, check out the deals. The deals are real, and we're, um, you know, we're the, we are a publicly traded company. It's owned by Asbury Automotive Group, and we're very transparent, very upfront, and we have the most aggressive Internet deals in the state of Florida. Very nice. And well, we well, have the strongest reach for inventory. I can get anybody to give me anything I want. The- well, that's, Whoa. how about some gator tags? We need, we need some extra one of those. Too. Yeah, I'm in need of some tags. Well, Mike, yeah, th- um, thanks for the phone call, man, and uh, tell the no everybody problem. at the group, and uh, hi, we said hello. Thanks. All right, all right, see you, bye. Man, he needs a new phone. I, I think so. <laughs> I think well, it was uh, it was going well, in and out. I, I don't a brand know. Brand new phone. I don't know. It's just one of those things. It was going in and out, in and out, in and out. Uh, before we were talking with Mike, uh, who called in this morning, we were uh, chit-chatting a little bit off the air about, uh, I just thought it was interesting. I like to bring up these things, even though, uh, you know, it's in another state. Bill George immediately started beating me up on this, as he always does. But I just thought it was interesting. We all know that California, you know, square mileage is really huge. Is it bigger? It's bigger than Texas, right? Landmass wise, isn't it? It's bigger than Texas. Well, look at it this way. Um, where is your your um, when you have a presidential election? Just, yes or no? When you have a presidential election, they have more population. weight than Texas. I'm not so talking about population. I would say they're bigger. I'm talking about land mass. They're they're bigger than Texas, but yet uh, the numbers of deer are steadily declining in the state. In the past two years, the numbers have been completely was down. A, I thought it was a no hunting, no gun zone. State. No, they they it's. Full I know. Of, I'm just being. The, facetious about it i mean i know they do a lot of hog hunting it's 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 full of poachers out there (laughs) uh deer population in california they say has plummeted over the past two years decades by 46 percent and if the yearly count of bucks killed by hunters is a proper measure they say statewide success ratio for deer hunters in california and uh last count was 2010 was around 15 percent which that's why they have such high percent success rate you know, if you if you bring the management we do have here in Florida and bring it down to under a percent success rate per hunter, uh, you might you might get some population rebound. Well, they say as as a comparison, they went to Colorado. I don't know why, but uh, they said it was around forty three percent in California as compared to uh, California. What do you think our ratio is here in the state of Florida? If if you look at you know some of the stats on a lot of our WMAs and all that type of stuff. You're looking at under a percent success ratio. Looking under what? 
one percent under a percent under one percent under one percent no i don't i don't agree with that i i know a lot of guys that hunt that are successful in the state of florida a lot of people that okay are well besides bill and how many I, I think how bill many do you got know that year. aren't successful glenn me Oh, okay, my name out there. I didn't get to hunt, not because I didn't have the opportunity. But you Courtney hunted, said that's mine. You add to the success or failure. Because yeah, well, because I own a license. Yes, yes. And if you look at the number of people who have a license and how many deer we harvest, you're under a percent. I think I, I have to disagree with you, Bill. I think there's more than just one percent success rate in the state of Florida. It's on myfwc.com. Uh, I will work to see if I can't get near a window and get a little better signal. But uh, they do they do actual surveys. And, and you turned around were with me the other day maybe when I got one of yes, those surveys. Yes, you got a survey call. And, and they go out there and they do telephone surveys, and they consider that to be a high statistically accurate method of doing their data collection. And they look at how many people got – Success and failures. Well, I did get, I did receive a uh, a survey this past week uh, with the FWC that I'm going to have to fill out this weekend. I, but I, I did wanna, hear people talking about that. Uh, when we come back, I did want to go down through the numbers because I, I think that uh, they were talking about what it was like 50 years ago in California as compared to today. And uh, it's pretty amazing because the number of bucks you would think would be a lot more, but it's really not. And I tell you, I saw a lot of deer when I was in California. I don't know, maybe it's because I was looking for them. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. We are brought to you by the great folks out of G5 Feeding Outdoors and, of course, our good friends out there, Brandon Ford. Stay with us, you guys. We're going to take a fast break. All right, let's get back at it. Let's get at it. Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Glenn, and Bill knocking here this morning, hanging well, out. that's pretty interesting uh, information that you provided to us while we were off air. Well, I was just, the I decline just, of the California deer population. I just think it's very amazing when you think about it. They, the, how big California is. I mean, it is that is a monstrous state. But if, I mean, I mean, it takes what? it takes the same amount of time to go from city to city as it does from us to drive from here to Pensacola. I mean, it's it, it's it, it's crazy. But in the state of California, they estimated that. Uh, it, you think that the state has over 99 million acres in the state of California, and they say estimate that there's only about 445,000 deer that live in California. So there are more hogs in Florida and more hogs in the state of Texas than there are deer in uh, in California, and, uh, and that's including black-tailed deer, uh, white-tailed deer, mule deer, uh, axis deer, fallow deer. They got running around out there, too, around San Francisco. uh, What's the decline? What's the reason for the decline in the numbers? Is it predation, car collisions? What is it? There is some predation. Of course, they got mountain lions out there, and, of course, they do have coyotes all over the place out there, and uh, not a lot of people do it. But believe it or not, for black-tailed deer, especially in in that green triangle area they call it up there where it's really thick and lush and lots of rainfall and beautiful national forests and all that stuff the number one reason marijuana growers <laughs> illegal marijuana growers they go out there and they camp for months on end and all that kind of stuff well how long can you eat you know beans and rice and do everything else so they're supplementing with with poaching so, yeah, I was gonna say, so it's actually poaching and you know there's no refrigeration out there 
So, you know, they go out there, they kill a deer. Well, that's California. You got to remember, they're using solar energy, man. They're green space. It's all solar power. They got refrigeration. And and those fools know nothing about, you know, <laughs> keeping meat for a long period of time when there's no refrigeration with smoke salt it. or smoke, smoke it or it. sugar or whatever it is you need. Or uh, So, you know, they go out there, cut a couple back straps out of it or a leg or whatever, and then, you know, it's done. I mean, they eat on it for a day or so, and then they go shoot another one. So you think about it. There's four or five guys out there, man. You're trying to. They're taking probably two or three deer a week at least, right? Wouldn't that not be right? Maybe two a week so. at least. And uh, before somebody goes to town and gets some Twinkies or something, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, with an estimated sixty nine thousand growers statewide, uh, and that's counting uh, permitted marijuana farms and ten thousand illegals. Uh, 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 growers going out there. If you got 10,000 times five, that's 50,000 people out there living around out in the woods killing deer. 10,000 Ill- illegal farms or yeah. illegals? No, 10,000 illegal farms. So they're out there, you know, there's at least four or five guys in camp. That's over 50,000 people. I don't think those people stay out there with their farm. I, a lot of them do, man. They stay I, I think they go, they plant it, they leave. They will come back later. They harvest. But they're they get out, out. If you've ever watched those shows, they're out there. They're clearing forest. They're fertilizing land. They're running water supplies. They're doing all that stuff. They're out there for a long time, dude. And they're out there killing uh, killing deer. So they think that's one of the major reasons for the decline in the black-tailed deer population is people out there growing illegal marijuana. Well, well. While we were on break, also, I did look up FWC's uh, stuff. It's, what was it, 32.5% success? 15% yes. here. I mean, 32, in California. 32. And, of course, it was just 1% that you figured was. You said 1%. Less, less less than, than one. If you look at WMAs, that is the case. But when you turn around and uh, <laughs> bring in the public or the private land, that's where all the success is. Well, of course, because people are out there taking care of it. They're feeding. They're putting food plots. Uh, you know, they give them a little sanctuary. They're not beating them up all the time, and uh, they're not being chased by guys that are illegally growing marijuana. I guess I don't know. Uh, but I, I just thought we this just was, import. I just thought it was interesting because back in the day, they used to call the state of California the Deer Factory, and uh, that was the the uh, basis of this this information was saying that the Deer Factory can no longer be called that. It's a bygone term. They said back in the day, 50 years ago, it was normal to walk through the woods and see 40 to 50 deer in a day in any area. And despite that fact, it's heavily vegetated thanks to the annual rains and coastal fog. Um, They estimated that the robust Colombian black-tailed deer, in 1954, they took 5,232 bucks back in the day, and in 2016, 6,573 bucks in total uh, were taken out of six hunting zones which oh, is basically their that's, that's one area. step from being on the endangered species list <laughs> combined with that's harvest. next year today few bucks have been seen and the greater numbers of deer we once saw regular are vanishing largely in the northwest part of california so they're saying that they're just being taken and i look at those numbers and i go dude six thousand deer i think that's one county in missouri <laughs> maybe it may be even double that I mean, uh, you, you see the numbers where they come out of each and every state. That's yeah. that's that's small. That's a very small number. Hmm. Huh? That's all I get, huh, Mister One Percent? Huh? 
Yeah, that's all I get. No, I, I'm just <laughs> thinking I need to report a turkey. <laughs> I haven't reported a turkey yet. So for Pennsylvania. Oh, I was going to say. I hope you're not <laughs> I'm, going. I'm thinking you're just going through there, and I'm saying to myself, mm, "I better report that turkey." <laughs> yeah, you, you better, Bill. You haven't done it yet. No. How long do you have? Ten days. Oh, okay. Do you really? Yeah. You have ten days to report a uh, a turkey. Yeah. How better. long do you have for a deer? Ten days. Seriously, ten days. Well, that's good. Give you an opportunity, Illinois. You got to do it then. Yeah, got to do it that day. So well, I have right a card. Right? You have to fill out a tag when you shoot it, you know. And my nephew, when he shot his turkey, he he pulled out his license, and there was his tag. And he looked at his tag, and he's like, "I, I don't have a pen." It's like, here's a pen, you know. He wasn't even prepared for success, but well, that's why you was there. But, you gotta wait till you get back to the truck. Yeah, no. Go write it out, fill it out, and do what you gotta, you gotta do. do it then before Listen, you pick it up. If you're in Pennsylvania. And you get caught with the turkey or deer, and you don't have a tag filled out, you're in trouble. Yeah, they don't play. Yeah, you, you have do- to fill it out before you move the animal. I don't care if you need to take a stick and take that little plastic. Thing That's what I was going to say. You can do charcoal. It. You 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 etch you imprint on that with something. You do not. Get- it's wrote on there. Look, I just I scratched yeah, it in there. Yeah. <laughs> you can get away with that, but if you turn around and have a perfectly blank tag. You're in trouble. You got some splaining to do. Big trouble, boy. Hey, I got. I was going to ask you this. Uh, since gator season's getting ready to get started, and I don't know, I don't. Did any of you guys get uh, or know anybody got Lake Hatchnaha? No, <laughs> nobody. Because they're they, going to be doing spraying out there, and I was just wondering, do you think that would affect anything that's going to be happening I, out it there? May for, improve it. It. This. There's some places in Lake Hatchnaha. Uh, as you come out from Camp Mac, come out the canal. Uh, Kissimmee River, and you turn to the right in that cove area, that's always been very heavily vegetated with uh, hydrilla. That's what they're going to be spraying for. And when you kill all that hydrilla, then it, it opens that water up, which makes it easier to drive your boat to try and get to that alligator. In addition to that, it puts the, that rotten vegetation on the bottom, and it may give me an opportunity to run up there real quick and see where he's disturbed the bottom and, and get a chance to hook that big alligator because i've killed some big ones over there i don't think it'll give you enough time of uh degradation uh, where it's going to start a bubble trail or but, anything yeah like that. but even if i just get a swirl of muck it helps no well they're going to start spraying on the week of uh, june 4th through the 8th weather permitting so if you're going to be out there doing a little scouting around or anything like that uh, take note of where they're spraying and uh Either stay away or mark it on your GPS and go back a couple of days later and check it out <laughs> and see what happens. But that usually takes at least a week before it, it wilts and dies and, you know, kind of disappears. Yeah, it but doesn't happen overnight. We have overnight. till November 1 to hunt. I know that. I'm just saying that if you think, okay, we're going to go in there right after it sprays, it's not going to be an immediate, yeah. you know, it's not going to just vanish overnight. By the time it gets started, I think it'll be uh, great. It'll be all cleared up. Whatever is left is is what's left. It'll be nice. It'll you know, be gone by then. I didn't, uh, you know, I thought I knew that we had an invasive species here. I wanted to get to the point where uh, the FWC is now going to expand the uh, python hunting area. They're going to expand that out there where uh, I think before you couldn't get to uh, in the Everglades area where they're going to start letting people get in there and do their thing. 
But I think they have to be paid people. In the national think, park? Yeah. Yeah. You, they're not going to let anybody and everybody go Trompson. But at least that's good news that they're going to be opening that up. And uh, Our Mr. Crumb, he'll be in there. Barefoot and glory, man. Be out there <laughs> running around chasing stuff. By the way, it was his birthday this past week. Did you wish him a happy birthday? No, but I'm sure you did. I was saying, hey, I know it's your birthday, but I'd really like to have one of those wallets. Mine's on July 1st, if you're thinking about <laughs> something nice for me. It'd be nice. Just saying, you know? Yeah. All right, we're going to take a real quick break, you guys. Stay with us, please. And if you got to call us, give us a call at 888-404-1010. That's 888-404. Oh, somebody's calling now. Okay, we'll get to you in a minute. So hang on, Scott. We'll get to you right after the break. We're brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Hang on. Welcome back, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors. Hey, before we get to the phones real quick, I just wanted to say congratulations to our good friend, Mr. Paul Avery. He's uh, been appointed. He's uh, now a uh, three-year termer. He's going to be on the, uh, what is it called, the Fish and Wildlife Foundation of Florida. Tampa Bay guy. Of course, he was originally with the uh, Outback Group back in the day. I think he's with World of Beer and all that kind of stuff now. I'm glad you got a connection now. Well, he, uh, you know, he's a big outdoor guy. He's a big supporter. I used to see him all the time. Uh, out at the uh, Ducks Unlimited Banquets, Turkey Federation, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they'd always big, buy a big corporate table and win everything. And, uh, you know, but he's a good guy to have on that board. You and mean I mean, they got a small percentage of their donation back. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, when they put that much money in, you oh, get yeah, a those, little bit out. Because there'd be 10 guys at a table. You know, I mean, those yeah. guys would do it. But anyway, he's. He's a good guy. He's a fisherman. He's an outdoorsman. He's a hunter and everything else. So it's good to have somebody like that representing us guys out there on, the, on those boards for sure. Uh, I, I just him. I was asking Bill George. I said, please tell me that's a stepping tell me that's a stepping stone for uh, being appointed as a uh, FWC commissioner because having him on that board would be really 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 nice. All right. Hey. Good morning, Scott. How you doing? Outstanding, and how about you guys? We're doing great. How are things up there in uh, Palm Harbor? Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Are you are you driving well, or are you at home? I'm driving. I'm driving. Okay. Well, then so, we'll try to be careful. <laughs> so, hey, I was listening to what you were saying about the uh, the deer population in in California, and those boys are not eating those deer. Those boys are protecting their crops. So they're out there every single day making sure that nothing gets into their stuff. <laughs> but, that I mean, unfortunately, they're not eating those deer. You know, that makes a lot of sense because uh, from what I've heard on uh, A&E and everybody else that does that, the number one eater of those things is deer. So yeah. I, for some reason, they, they do like, uh, you know, the old... Uh, Mary Jane, uh, I guess it's an easy, good crop for them to chew on their browsers, and, uh, and they don't—they don't, they don't do, care. They really don't care at that point. Well, you know, and then after a few <laughs> mouthfuls of it, they just hang out for a while. If, I guess I don't know. If know? a deer that's eats what, marijuana, loco weed. Yeah. If, if a deer eats marijuana, does he get the munchies for more marijuana? I would think so. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that might fatten them up for nice you know what? I didn't even think of it from that angle, but you're right. If they're if they're out there uh, damaging their uh, potential crop, then I'm sure they're probably taking matters into their own hands. Big time! Wow. Anyways, guys, have a great day. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for making us think. Uh, I didn't even think of that, man. I guess uh, that does play into it. 
I looked at it from a hunter's perspective. I'm like, you know, if I'm going to be out there shooting deer, I'm going to at least eat it. I didn't yeah. think I'd be out there just, you know, knocking them down to keep them from, you know, eating a crop. Uh, you know, well, potentially costing them, uh, you know, thousands of dollars. Well, there are a lot of farmers all over the place that get deprivation permits due to those little critters eating everything. How many did white folk used to get every year down south just for his orange grove? About 90? I don't even know. He They used to get a lot. But uh, I don't even know if the rules are still the same. But usually whenever you have those, you're supposed to shoot them and leave them. But. And I never could understand that. I can't. I mean, I just I can't leave a deer on the ground. I just there's no way. So you know, I, I went to a, a a farm down south in, in the Manatee County one one afternoon, and the guys that were down there that they let do that, they were shooting them. I was like, man, are, I just I couldn't do it. There's no way. No, me either. And, That's just and, too much and, of a waste. I know in fairly recent years that wasn't the case because I've I've known pickup trucks loads full of deer to be brought into a processing place at a given day and it may have changed but then at the time i was there it the guy was. said i would lose my tags if we're we're not supposed to take anything from the uh from the property correct but now they did have to do a survey when on those tags every time we got one down there or even at hi-hat ranch back in the day they would do an assessment on does they would you know check and see if it was pregnant They'd also do a fetus deal, and they'd also check the liver and then send samples and all that stuff. So it wasn't just like they didn't just shoot them and leave them laying on the ground. That was just at that place. That's not. That was in two different locations. If they have those metal uh, tags that we used to have to use, you know, it was it had to be tagged. Yeah, it's uh, – I, I don't know. I for to, agriculture, anyway, yeah. they had to have that metal agricultural That's t- a question tag. for Bill. It is, Feed Bill. The hungry. Go ahead, Bill. What's that? Answer the question. That's What's the question? You he, heard it. Did he have to do? Can they take it? <laughs> yes, they can take it. They have taken it in recent years. I know that. I'm good with that. Feed the uh, hungry. Yeah. Take so. it down there to Owls Wild Meat and process I, it, and he has the human men on wheels that they I, donate all yeah. there to. I, I don't. I don't care if you turn around, you shoot a pig or whatever. You need to get rid of them. Turn around, and give it to somebody. Just absolutely. You know. That's that's my thing. In 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 today's world. If they ever went back to the fact that you couldn't remove that deer, that's a public PR nightmare as soon as people start finding that out. Well, you remember back in the day when they used to do the the pigeon hunts and things like that where they were killing them, leaving them on the ground. And even when it was legal to kill robins back in the day on the strawberry growers and stuff, that that was just all bad PR. That's, you know, and then, you know, they'd have big robin fries out there and stuff so you know at least you were eating some of them but they were killing a lot of them and uh it was always a bad thing well either that if there's still that big problem like that then maybe just introduce some wolves into the florida population and panthers no panthers are they just they have a hard time to survive you know panthers just don't have a have a, a way of not getting out of the way of cars you never hear about wolves getting hit by cars, and now that they're reintroducing them in all the western states, maybe we should bring them back down here and turn, yeah, them, turn them loose. Turn them loose. Turn them loose. North, North Florida. Florida. Take uh, care of everything. That way it'll knock down some of the hog population, and we're not out there trying to poison everything like there are in Texas. So, uh, yeah. you know, they should yeah. reintroduce I'm really being just facetious about that. I, I wouldn't want that introduced here as well, but uh, I was reading a story this past week about a uh, Mesa uh, county in, in Colorado, Mesa, Colorado, who is uh, the, the feds are looking to reintroduce the gray wolf into their region. And, of course, their local <laughs> Game and Fish Commission for the state of Colorado says they are definitely opposed to that. And uh, the reason is, is because of the low 
um, moose population up in the, that portion of it. In where? In Colorado. Oh, yeah, they got those. What kind of moose are those up there? Are those Shire, Shire, Shire moose or something up there in the middle of nowhere? Don't you wouldn't think there'd be moose? Because yeah. you always think of moose, you think of Alaska or Maine. Well, that's what they're concerned about, just the small population of the moose up on the Grand, in Grand Mesa and other game species because as the Game and Commission, uh, Fish Commission in Colorado put it, these are killers. And they'll not just eat on the moose, they'll eat everything else, and uh, they have enough issues without introducing something like that. Why don't you bring in some fire ants, too? They'll help talk down the insect <laughs> population and, uh, you know, keep some things going up there, man. That doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, you think about the amount of cattle and everything else that's out there as well. Well, look at the thing this past week. I guess there was a story that you shared in Georgia where a hiker or whatever was attacked by a coyote, and, of course, uh, he was able to defend himself take care of it, and then have the uh, coyote tested for rabies. But nonetheless, it says that he is going treatment for rabies anyway, uh, vaccination or the uh, the treatments for it. And I'm thinking, well, why are they doing that if they have the coyote? Why would they not just wait to see what the results are from it instead of going through all those shot processes? I think maybe probably the, the Early people- prevention, early – I, th- I think that probably the folks at the uh, ER probably said, sir, we should really start the treatment now and not wait because if we wait, you know, 48 hours or three days, it may get to a point where it's not a good thing for you. And and then, of course, if you read the story, not only <laughs> he actually says that the treatment afterwards was even worse because now he had a reaction to the uh, the uh, rabies vaccine or whatever it was and it put him back in the hospital and he said if i look back on it the coyote bite was not half as bad as the treatment was uh but you know you got to think of it this way the guy did what he was supposed to do and he i guess the ounce of prevention worth the pound of cure that's why i wrote on there on that on that story i said that's why you always carry a knife in the woods i don't care if you need it or not because uh that guy one good knife blow between the shoulder blades and the neck took care of mr coyote in one hit so it was all good and uh, if that guy in, in last week or a week before that was out there bicycling around in Washington got, State with the mountain lion attack, yeah, and got killed on that deal, man, uh, he rode up on somebody that was already being attacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the hiker or something. Did they? Which I don't know which one died, the bike guy or the one that was originally being attacked. I don't know. I, it's one of those things that you know. Once he uh, he separated, he separate. You know he bit the one guy had the guy by the head and the other guy ran off and then when he seen that guy running he let go of the guy that by the head and attacked him and, and killed him and of course, killed him whenever they said that the uh deputy sheriff arrived he went to the scene and the mountain lion was there still with the uh with the guy that he had already killed so uh and then when they brought in the, the hounds to find it he was only 50 yards away from the whole time they were inspecting the uh scene so uh but it's one of yeah, then I heard they captured it and then killed it. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> well, they wanted to get a good look at it first, take a few pictures, and then uh, you know, interview it. Interview it, see if it, you know what his motives were and uh, what he was thinking, and uh, all that kind of good stuff. I guess I don't know. Reintroduction of those prey predators. I don't care. I don't idea. care if you're hiking, biking, walking in the woods, whatever. There should always be a nice sharpened piece of steel in your pocket or on your hip. It, it just should never be without it. Seriously. And that's the Braden gun. It is. It should always be there. We're going to take a break. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Brandon Ford and G5 Feeding Outdoors. Father's Day is right around the corner. 
It's a good weekend to either go buy a brand new truck, a car out of Brandon Ford, or go out and get some nice, great gifts for Dad out there at G5 Feeding Outdoors. A lot of stuff on sale. Go out and check it out today. And welcome back, Big and Wild Outdoors. And there is some... I don't know where you come up with some of this stuff, Braden, but it's... Uh, where do What's you have the, time to find stuff that you find? What are you talking about? I mean, people really put that stuff up. What stuff? What are you talking about? <laughs> I have no idea, but it's interesting. I won't share. <laughs> I I'll keep the, your secrets. I wasn't the one who brought the story in about a guy shooting a smoke detector twice with a twenty gauge shotgun. Well, you know, he was a, <laughs> it, it was a bad shot. He can't hit the broadside of a barn, much less a, the smoke detector. Let's go to the phone. Good morning, Johnny. How are you today? Hey guys. My name's Johnny. I want to call in about the uh, marijuana blacktail and stabbing a uh, cougar in the face with a knife. No, it was I a. Was there all the time. It wasn't a uh, cougar. It was a uh, coyote up in Georgia. A guy defended himself who was being attacked by one, and he uh, he dispatched it with his benchmate. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, we do. Uh, well, out here in the uh, mountains of California, we like to. Uh, we like to shoot the deer and use the fire that we burn. <laughs> yeah. That's Johnny. Oh, no. Johnny. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know how they do it out in California. That was Jonathan. That's all right. We got him. We'll teach him. We'll show him. It's all good. It's all good. That's why we ask you to call. If you want to bring up uh, stabbing the cougar in the face, it's all good. If that's what it takes, I mean, uh, you know, Bill George brought it up. If you're being attacked, why not? <laughs> hey, if you if you turn around and well, you got to remember that's a hard part to do anything anyway. So you got to do like the guy did. He picked, he chose the area, and he was able to uh, do it efficiently he and got quickly, the spot. swiftly. So he got well. the spot between the neck and the shoulder blades is always a good spot. It is. If you're in that kind of situation. Cougar, coyote, hog, whatever you need. It's all good. Ting. It's, it's all good. Now what are you doing? Good morning, Jonathan. How are you today? Come on, guys. Play along. <laughs> no. Play along here. no I was like, way. if Jonathan got nothing better to do than to do that, Cheech and Chong, <laughs> poor impression. It's satire, people. It's uh, satire. Come sat- on. Satire or, or big fire. Whatever. How are you even hearing us? Aren't you driving up into Bluntstown, or are you listening on the phone, or what? Oh, uh, no. I'm heading up here to... Uh... I've got this uh, Brandon Ford truck with a trailer that's loaded down with all kinds of goodies, and I'm heading up here to, uh, which I found out this week, and I'll give them a quick shout-out while I'm on the air. I found out that some folks at Hancock Seed are big and wild fans, so I'm uh, running up here real quick to pick up my seed mixes that they have for me and head into the woods. There you go. Good deal. Well, I, I I actually went up there and went dove hunting with those guys one year, man. Had a really, really great time up there. It was a beautiful place and uh, shot a lot of birds. It was a lot of fun up there. I mean... Uh, yeah, I found we, out. Uh, I pulled a Glenn this week because the girl I've been dealing with in the front office, she's like, what's your last Swindle. I was like, yeah. She goes, you have somebody that went to Plant City High School? I said, yeah. She goes, well, I went to Plant City High School. So I, I had a Glenn moment this week and found out... <laughs> 
know. But at least we actually knew somebody. But, well, no. that's because you went to school together. Whereas with Glenn, it's like it's a I'm, relative. It's a relative thing. <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's not just somebody. Uh, you know, he went to high school with. Although you did find a long lost friend who registered for the Panfish Challenge, who's coming down from Ocala and no, said, "Actually, I think he's up in the Pan uh, up in Tallahassee area yeah, or somewhere up there." And he's like, "Hey, I, you know, I used to go to school down there. One of the guys, Glenn Kimmon, and he's going." Really? Okay. You know, he's like, uh, you know, he'll be here for that. And he's like, what? No way. That's awesome, man. I haven't seen that guy in like 20 years. Yeah, last time I seen him was in 1984. (laughs) Wow. That's when you had a mullet. (laughs) Yeah, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so after you go to pick up your seed, you're going to be heading up to Bluntstown. You're going to throw some of that out or are you going to be plowing or what are you going to do? Uh, a little bit of everything. I got to check. Uh, have some good news. Um, possibly, you know, somebody that's going to be working with us, uh, hopefully here in the near future. But I was working on Big Buck Expo stuff this week already. Nice. Uh, and we uh, we have, I can let the cat out of the bag because I got all the details taken care of and everything else. But we will have a one-and-done feeder in the pot at uh, the Panfish Challenge. Well, that was going to be my next question on that one-and-done, bear-proof, hog-resistant feeder. I guess uh, you haven't checked them yet that you're going up there. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I will be be texting trail camera pictures within probably about five or six hours. How can it be bear-proof and only hog-resistant? Because the hogs are deterred by it. And the bear just can't destroy it. Well, neither could a hog, I would think. Uh, I'm sorry. Maybe yes, I'm just... That, that, you're in my argument. I, I I'm, I'm with you on that, too. Bit. I was trying to figure that out whenever they come out with hog. But you can't just sit there and say it's... It, it, it sounds better when you say bear-proof well, and hog-resistance versus bear and hog-proof. It doesn't uh, sound the same. Well, but you got to look at it like this. There's a lot of people who would make the argument that a hog is way more destructive than a bear. But, you know... I think it's kind of a draw, but when you look at this feeder, you see this feeder, um, yeah, I don't think King Kong or Godzilla could do much with it. So well, that's good. I'm surprised you don't have a uh, a wireless game cam set up on one of those anyway, so you can just get feedback as it happens, and then you could really see it in motion, put the put it on for the, uh, the video and, and stream it live. Automatic. I, I know, you know a guy, a guy with an outdoor store would probably think about that. But. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I know a guy that has but, has some of them, and he's supposed to call me back and tell me yes or no. But oh. yeah, I'm still waiting on that call. Oh, okay. Hey, yeah, don't don't get on waiting on calls. Eh? We don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Here we go. Yeah, and actually, I wanted to say congratulations, Glenn, <laughs> on his tags. So, yeah. Yeah, congratulations. You're welcome. That's why I didn't enter. Did you? <laughs> Gave you a better Thank chance. You, you didn't apply? Dude, don't even go there. No, 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 no. Next time I see your daughter. <laughs> well, he didn't hey, have to apply because right. he, he knew you were going to take him. <laughs> but Bill didn't don't get worry tags. about that. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan doesn't need any help there, Bill. <laughs> my, do- my daughter's looking at it like this. Either Daddy can take care. I mean, Dad might forget to uh, apply for the Gator tags, or excuse me, daughter and wife, because you know the wife has been hearing it for months now since there all that went down. Yeah. But I look at it like this: Dad can hear about not applying for Gator tags. 
or dad can go up here and get food plots in and all that so that they both can shoot a big buck. So, you know, I think, I, I think I'll be okay. No, I don't think so. Cause they want both. I don't know. You, you, you don't understand. They want both. Yeah. Well, I know, it's a good thing that I know a guy that owns a gator company, a gator gear company, and, and I know a couple other people I could probably take care of the alligator. Yeah. See? Well, I, t- I turn around. I, to be honest with you, I was sitting up there. I tend to like to apply towards the end. And um, here it was like 10 something at night. And all of a sudden, uh, the very last night, I remembered, oop, I got to I gotta apply. And everybody at camp was Me like, too. <laughs> Yeah, no. It's I all thought right. about it. I got. Uh, I actually. Well, and I actually, the bad thing was, and I know you guys are talking about it because I was listening. I've started listening this morning at seven. Uh, the bad thing was, is I tried to apply on my phone twice, and it kept kicking me out and saying that I had to do it on a computer or something like that. And I'm like, Wow. Huh? Well, you got to upgrade from the flip phone to a new setup. You know, <laughs> well, we we need to turn around and. Uh, Get back in there and get all the stuff in Arrowhead Archery stocked back up. Resupplied, buddy. Resupplied. Bring everything up to, you know, high levels and uh, make it ready because we got people starting to move stuff right now. It's it's already having people asking. So we'll we'll get you all supplied back up. We just got to get hooked up. So hey, it's all good because you know you got your spot at the Big Buck Expo. (laughs) Yes. So well, that's just All around right, the corner. Right. Yeah, it is yeah. coming up quick. It's going to be here happening yep. fairly soon. We'll be out there playing around, having a good time. Get to see everybody again. It's amazing. I don't know if you guys feel this way, but you think when the kids are out of school, it might slow down a little bit. But I think we get busier <laughs> during the summer months. I'm telling you, it. Uh, I mean, nowadays, I mean, uh, scallop season starts on June 16th, so. Uh, families are all going to be going up there to start heading in them waters. I mean, uh, red snappers going off, so everybody's going to be out, you know, fishing and going crazy out there. And then uh, we got the panfish challenge coming up on the sixteenth. And I mean, it's just it's going to yeah. be go go go. For wait, 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 wait a minute. How are they going to have a red snapper season when we don't have any snappers? Uh, well, that's true. I think you're only allowed to carry how many? What's the percentage <laughs> that recreational fishermen can catch, Bill George? In in the Atlantic or Gulf? Gulf. The Gulf. We're over here. We're in the Gulf, so uh, <laughs> red snapper recreational get forty nine percent. Commercial people get fifty one percent. There you go. So you get your forty nine percent, and I don't know how they're going to come up with that because unless they check every single boat that but, comes in, how are they going to know? But on the on the other coast, we get on the recreational side seventy one point nine three percent. And the commercial only get twenty eight something. Well, that's that's because there's absolutely no snapper on the Atlantic coast, none whatsoever. So there's no commercial fishery, none, none commercial. Well, Jonathan, drive none. safe. Let none. us know how them feeders hold up. <laughs> He's gone. He gone. Okay, bye. He got the music. He, he did. He got the music. I know. I've been on radio for a while. Hey, you guys, we're going to take a fast break. Stay with us. We'll be back. Give us a call if you want to. 888-404-1010. That's 888-404-1010. Thanks again to uh, Brandon Ford. And, of course, G5 Feeding Outdoors. Stay with us. 